0: Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Today we're welcoming Tyler Smith onto the podcast, a top line songwriter, producer, and the frontman of American metalcore band Danger Kids. He also worked with Sega on their Sonic the Hedgehog gaming series. Um, So welcome on, Tyler. Thanks for being here today. How are you?
1: I'm doing really well. How are you? Thank you for uh, having me.
0: Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for joining us and taking the time. So uh, whereabouts are you today?
1: I'm in Los Angeles. It's very sunny. Um, Yeah, there's not a cloud in the sky. It's pretty beautiful.
0: Nice. Being in England, I can't imagine what that's like, but um, I'm hoping it's (laughs) wonderful over there for you. (laughs) No, that's good. I I love the sunshine. We love it over here because um, we get it so rarely. It just makes everything a bit better, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Well, Hey, I actually love it over there. So it's fine. Um, I've got family over there. Yeah. I haven't been in a while. Sadly, I used to visit all the time, but it's been, I don't know. Yeah. Pre-lockdown. It's been a while.
0: Well, yeah, I suppose. No one's really been going anywhere for a while. Have they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Sadly.
1: i I feel like that part of my life is taken a step back. You know, I was, my wife and I were traveling a lot up until then. And, yeah, we've got some family uh, coming to see us though, which is cool from London. So I'm excited.
0: Oh, that's great. That's nice that they're coming out to meet you and and they want the sun as well. Clearly, they just fed up. All <laughs> <so> <laughs> clearly, <great. laughs>
1: clearly. Blame
0: them. So what's um, what are you up to at the moment? What is a typical sort of day in your life looking like at the moment, Tyler?
1: You know, right now it is, I mean, every it's always fun. It's always different, which is something I do love about the job and just being able to work on projects I love. But yeah, right now it's, a lot of editing, a lot of mixing jobs that I'm sort of things that I've been working on for some time that I've, I'm happy to say I'm, I'm pushing uh, forcibly across the finish line as we speak, but it feels good to finish some things and um, see the first trickle of these songs that I've been working on for some time, start to release and see people's reactions has got me really anticipated to finish the rest of them, you know? So Mm -hmm. I would say uh, things are good. Yeah. Just a, a lot of editing. I've a lot of writing, um, not, I have, you know, I guess it's just me and my computer for a little bit now until I get some of these done.
0: Mm, Okay. That's cool. Lots of stuff to work on and look forward to. So that's awesome. Especially after the last few years, it's been so unsettled, hasn't it?
1: Yeah. I I think that was a question mark for everybody, but what's been interesting is how well music and the whole economy of music has persevered. I, I kind of thought that perhaps there would be, I don't know, less work or less people recording, but it was kind of the opposite. Not only did more people um, decide that this was a good time to, you know, create art and to create, you know, like a body of work, like an album. But I feel like we even have this, this almost mini art Renaissance where we've got all kinds of new artists kind of coming out of this downtime where people were allowed to sort of make that self-discovery about themselves and, I don't know, put the pen to paper, so to speak, but yeah, I've been, I've, I feel like I've seen this, this resurgence and really great artists um, just in the past couple of years.
0: Mm, yeah. I think you're right there. A lot of people were basically stuck at home, um, you know, nothing to do. Perhaps they've been pushing this project to the side for a while, finally had that time. And of course the rise mm-hmm. of bedroom producers, they can do so much now, obviously from home. So I'm not surprised there's been this new wave of music coming out um, over the last couple of years. You're absolutely right. Um and I'll tell a bit more about, um, you know, uh, your sort of upbringing with music and what you were into and what you were raised around. What was, um, what kind of music were you into when you were a kid or were you exposed to?
1: Oh man, uh, that's actually a very funny question that I will just totally answer honestly, no matter how <laughs> funny do. it is or <laughs> eclectic the answer. But um, my mother and father are both into music, both musicians to an extent. My father definitely still playing music and just kind of imparted that love of Uh, playing guitar on me, kind of just started out by showing me all these songs and bands that just kind of had these awesome guitarists and just, you know, anything from like Freebird, right? Or something like that. Mm That's just sort of like, I'd never experienced that before heard a guitar solo like that. Um, All the way to things like Pink Floyd, you know, my dad was like, on the more extreme end, a very big fan of the creativity of Pink Floyd and the songwriting. And that was something that These are things that didn't really stick. I didn't realize how much they stuck with me until later. As a, a, you know, in my youth, I'm chasing things that are mainly energetic. Um, Anything youthful, you know, I I was like, my first favorite band was 311, which is kind of funny. Okay. (laughs) Um, But I mean, from there, it became anything from rock to hard rock. I mean, I loved pop and electronic music and that, that certainly played a bigger role on me in my later years. But in the beginning, I think I had this, I was young. I had free time and I had this limited availability to really make some noise on my guitar. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to surround myself with people that enabled me to do that. So I would say it was mostly a, my youth was mostly through the lens of rock bands and just being part of a unit, part of a bigger unit with, with your friends. So that sort of spiraled and snowballed into me starting my first bands. And I've been signed a couple different times in some of my early bands, like nothing too crazy. Um, I like to say it's something in the industry we call your favorite bands, favorite band, (laughs) which is where you yourself don't achieve the goal, but you end up inspiring a new generation of people. (laughs) And um, I think that has been my experience so far. I think my bands maybe were a little too, I don't, a nice way would be saying ahead of their time. Uh, The realistic way of saying it might be like, I don't know, it might've been too out there. It might've been too yeah, just honestly too forward thinking or progressive, but regardless of the reason, um, it led me on this path to where I am now of I've traveled and toured for well over a decade and played a lot of shows. And I think that gives me a very unique experience because now that I find myself writing a lot more and performing a lot less, um, which I do still tour and perform, but it's interesting. I'm joining these bands, so to speak, temporarily and helping them create their art. And I'm sort of putting myself in their headspace or writing from their point of view. But I, I definitely understand that point of view. You know, I know mm-hmm. what it sta- feels like to stand on stage and try to make a room full of people care about what you have to say or what you're doing. Yeah. And I also know what it's like when there is a room full of people anticipating and looking forward to this, you know, a new album or new song or new, new music experience and wanting to deliver on that on all fronts, like not just make sure that the music is something that the band loves, but also, can be something that will stick with the, not just, not just get past the fans, but I want to make modern classics with, with uh, within the confines of these bands and their fan bases. And I think that, I don't know, I, I have this sort of typical experience, but I think what makes it a little different is I've just played an exceptional amount of shows I've done. Yeah. Over a thousand shows in my life and I'm still doing shows and yeah, I just, I think I have this very, very intimate understanding of what what is kind of at stake for each artist when they come to me to make songs and then how we can utilize that what you know how i want to make them feel as cool on stage as possible and definitely want to also appease that young rock fan in me that you know got into hearing bands like pink floyd and uh you know really aggressive young stuff i remember getting the first rage against the machine album when it was like my first um Parental advisory stickered album or something Ooh, just there's all these different <laughs> moments that kind of open up your way of thinking of what. Sure. Yeah not just what music can sound like, but what it can accomplish. And most importantly, really how it makes you feel and how you internalize that. And I just, I don't know, you kind of stir all that together. And I feel like that's kind of what I bring to the table each day on these songs and on, with these artists I work with.
0: Well, absolutely. Cause you've been in the unique position, like you say, of being in bands. And I know you work with a lot of um, rock and metal bands, of course, been in some yourself. And I was going to ask, are you still, is Danger Kids still a band? Do you still make music with them?
1: Yeah, it's it's too bad because we haven't released anything in a long, long time. We actually had intentions of releasing things sooner. We we do have music that I'm, we're sitting on. I wouldn't say it's a full finished release, but I think that's what we want. I think we are trying to just wait until we've got you know, something we can put our names on and call a body of work and feel proud about. And we are actually still working on that. Most of it is me. <laughs> my, my schedule is a bit hectic. Mm-hmm. And I, as I'm winding down my current projects, I'm definitely setting my sights on my next things. And I have very intentionally carved out a space to be able to work on my band and release something. So as much as it's been a long time since we put anything out, I'm very much looking forward to releasing that new material.
0: Well, it's the right time, isn't it? You don't need to rush something just because you feel like you should. Um, it sounds like you've got some Yeah, ideas, it's anyway. the
1: surest way. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I, I just didn't. love that sentiment. It's so accurate, and no one really talks about that um, in interviews. But yeah, it's the surest way to just see to your own demise or disappearance. You know, it's like it's so easy to phone things in, and it's so easy for your fans to detect it. And I think something that people detect in the work that I do is just the passion and I put a lot of time and a lot of care into everything. I choose my projects very carefully. I would rather take time and have it come out the right way and have the fans feel respected. Like we didn't, like, we still respect danger kids because I love it. It's such a big part of my life and my, you know, we would never do it any other way, but I know that it is kind of a thing. Like as time goes on, you get more comfortable with the process of creating music. It's just a little easier maybe to, Phone it in or something, but I I think that, you know, for us, it's nothing less than trying to blow people's minds or exceed the expectations of our fans. I always like to say that I want to give our fans what they want, just not how they think they're going to get it. And uh, doing that takes a little time.
0: Yeah, I like that. And um, anyone that's listened to your, the band's music or, you know, there's a fan of you that is very much, you know, metal, heavy metal. But I'm curious, have you ever made a song, even if you haven't released it, that's completely against expectations, like completely different genre?
1: Uh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think that's <laughs> mostly what we do is like we end up with something and then we finish it and we go, "Uh oh, because we feel like this doesn't maybe... Like, we, to us, it's cool, but we also don't want to alienate the things that people have come to love about us Mm. or, you know, turn our backs on that history that we have. So then I think part of the process becomes how do we bring this back into our wheelhouse without actually compromising what it is? And honestly, meeting there in the middle is where you find all of the coolest stuff because that's where you get those songs that are surprisingly unique and surprisingly catchy, but also still strangely have all of those things that you've come to love about a danger kid song or a hard rock song. Mm. And it's that clever combination and that kind of underhanded like heaviness or just the way that you fi- figure out how to pull it off. I think that is kind of the magic. And that's something, I, I don't know. I just think it requires good taste, whether it's the production or, or the songwriting, especially, you know, mm. the idea is King. And then I feel like how you consume that idea or how it makes you feel like the mix or the production would be secondary and if you can nail those two things, like have a song that is uniquely in one space that we have somehow cleverly, you know, made into something that I would like to say is somewhat brand new uh, for the band then that, you know, that's the right place to be. That's honestly where I think we try to get to all the time. I think writing a, a rock song is kind of our bread and butter. Um, we, we want to surprise ourselves. You know, I, I, I just think we want to be able to hit play and go, whoa what is this like this is so cool and having built kind of that reputation in the band of being a little forward thinking and kind of insp- helping inspire like that resurgence of of that sound I don't know I just want to stay true to the message and do it right
0: mm, absolutely and do you produce Danger Kids yourself Tyler or is that um someone else that does that stuff
1: yeah, I currently do. But what's funny is I, more on this release than ever, I'm really actually been interested in tapping kind of my network of of friends because the truth is I've got such talented friends. And in the beginning, I think there was a, a bigger um, push to sort of prove myself also. Like I, I definitely did it on behalf of my band. I, I do feel like at the end of the day, I have these artist goals that I – the, and I think that chasing that force is kind of what helps the music become so great. But yeah, I would say, uh, I don't know. I, I You start to, like, as much as I like what I do, I don't know, I start to become interested in, like, reaching outside of myself. And I think that that's the mark of a great producer anyways, right? Maybe mm-hmm. you put the ego aside and as much as you want to be able to say, I did this whole thing all by myself in my room and no one helped me. It's like, I'd also rather... Just make the best music, you know? (laughs) And sometimes that means collaborating with people that are better than you at certain things. Like I'm always trying to surround myself with people that kind of blow my mind, you know, that do something that I'm just like, wow, they're so good. And then they feel the same about me. So when we get together and we both do what it is that we do best, I think you're more likely to end up with. I don't know, something I certainly wouldn't have made by myself, which I guess to me right now is more exciting <laughs> because I sort of look at these songs or I open a blank session and I'm like, you know, I know what Tyler would do, but like, what else is there, you know? And <laughs> yeah. I, and I, a little bit of that is fine. Like, I love, I, I chalk it up to style, right? In the beginning, I would, I would sort of cut myself down and be like, oh, of course I want to write those chords or of course I want to do this type of vocal or this type of production effect. Um, and I used to sort of like, I guess, uh, almost like cannibalize the process a little bit because what I, uh, later decided is just that those are kind of my style, I guess. And when you kind of take that out, you are at some, at a certain point, you're either just working with someone else flat out. Um, and that, that's not what I want either. So I've started to lean back into those things and I decided, you know what, I want to write that stuff because that's just how I write and that's where my tastes are aligned and I think that realization also is kind of a breakthrough moment for me when I realized that I don't have to fight myself on everything so much. There are people out there that like what I do and that I like what I do too. It's just, you know, you beat yourself up wanting to be, wanting to always top your previous work or be more creative than the last. But yeah, I think maybe if you're, especially if you're an artist and you're listening now, honestly, very good advice. And I think it's hard to just internalize just hearing me say it, but I'm going to say it anyways, just in case it helps somebody. Um, you know, don't, don't necessarily chase off all of those things that you want to do naturally. I think it's easy to cut down our first idea. It's easy to say, oh, of course I would do that. And it's easy to kind of roll your eyes at yourself. Um, but you don't really understand the effect that those things have on other people. You are always going to be the most critical of your own work Mm -hmm. and art is famously surrendered. You know, it's never completed. So you just sort of start to make your peace with certain things and you go, huh, maybe this is just what I do. Maybe I'm like really good at this, actually, this little thing, and maybe try to own it. And yeah, I don't know. By the, I, It certainly led to me making more meaningful work. And it's it's been a, you know, the process even has been more enjoyable rather than, I guess, holding myself to some impossible standard and like, you know, where you have to reinvent the genre every time you make a song or something.
0: Mm, and um, it's, everyone's it's, their own worst critic, aren't they, I think?
1: Yeah, I mean... I imagine you feel that way about things that you do as well. I mean, we all do it. I I think the tricky part is kind of like becoming woke to that and, and knowing like the how to use it, you know, and that everything is a tool. And I spend a lot of time doing that, like trying to understand my tendencies, like, Oh, I always do this. And I always get down on myself. And then it always turns out fine. You know, it's like, Mm. that's pretty much how all of our loops really go. If we're honest with ourselves. Right. You do an interview, you go, Oh my gosh, this interview is terrible. What am I gonna do? I messed up or something. And then it comes out and it's fine. (laughs) You know, through the lens of time, you look at it and you're like, you know what? I think I was just really too close to this or something. And music's no different. It's just, I think when we work on things, all of us, we put a little bit of ourselves into it and we just want to make, you know, a good impression. And we want it to be noticed and appreciated for its merits. And all of those things are very, very hard to do. But the hardest is just to put it out in the first place, you know, just to do it anyways and have the gusto to be like, you know what? I'm just going to surrender this. This interview is done. This song is done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, right now this is the best I can do. And those, those types of lessons will will get you very far because I I really do believe that completing material is a skill too, just like songwriting and, you know, those things matter and just being able to develop that muscle.
0: Yeah. Would you say you were quite a perfectionist then in terms of, production and well anything that you're working on really.
1: Uh totally. But it it like it genuinely not trying to be like funny or anything is something that I'm trying to undo a bit of because there's an there's an extent where it can be, you can call it care. You can say, oh, this person cares. Mm. And so they're going the extra mile. They're going to make sure it's edited perfectly. And it but at a certain point it is stifling. You know, there are what I would call diminishing returns on some of that like the amount of time you get in versus the reward that you get out at a certain point, you do have to start winding things down and you do have to start asking tough questions. Is this going to make people like the song better? Or is this just me like, you know, spinning my wheels in my head or running in circles, mm. <laughs> trying to get this, uh, the snare drum to sound perfect when maybe it sounded perfect. Like, I don't know before or yeah, something. Or so, it's hard it. to, Yeah. And you're alone, you know, and so you have to be, it's hard, unless you have a friend or like a group that you can kind of have as a sounding board, those things can be difficult. I don't know if you have a support system like that for what you do. Um, Maybe if you do like an important you know, you have an important job or do you have friends that you would run something by to just sort of get like a second set of eyes on?
0: Yeah, I think I would if it was something really important. I guess it's hard to compare um what we both do, but I get what you mean. You're sort of no, it's in a, your own producer yeah. world, aren't you? And you're doing your thing on your computer or whatever, locked away probably for hours working on the same thing. I can imagine it could be hard to step away from that.
1: Yeah, yes. Um each day. Each day is sort of it's like the the trick is becoming is knowing the path clearly. At the points when you traditionally don't. And I think it gets a little easier each time. But then you still always reach that end point where everything's a little blurry and you're not sure what the right step is. Music is so subjective. Maybe you've heard the same, you listen to it all day, you kind of lose feeling on it. And I've got all kinds of tricks on how I, you know, make it new again to my ears and try to use my best judgment. But the the point remains, it's that, right? It's like you're alone and art, it's so subjective that at a certain point even you don't know. But that's a good reminder that once you reach that point, you're very close, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like that extra bit that you push, you know, make sure it does what you want to do and make sure that everything that matters happens. But outside of that, if it starts to be a little fuzzy, it probably means you're very close to yeah. finishing things. Um, um,
0: yeah.
1: otherwise that. you'll never finish. Yeah. And well, take yeah. it from me. You have to I, say
0: when, don't you? You have to choose when to move on and when something's done.
1: Yeah. And and that is a talent. That is truly a talent. There are people that are just great at completing things. And that is you know in some ways their superpower as producers is their ability to create good music at at a rate that other people can't compete with i feel like i'm fairly slow but i do feel like my work um does what i want it to do you know so i i don't want to change the method and i have just sort of come to terms with maybe this is just how i work right now mm-hmm. um but you know as long as you're happy with the result i think that's all that matters i it's kind of silly to walk away and have like this really successful album and be like well i wish it would have come out like two weeks sooner but oh well you know it's like that that thought goes away immediately Mm. like as soon as the album comes out and it does what you hope it would do you're i don't know you're not as worried about the other details you're not as worried about ah, i took two weeks longer to edit it or something like that
0: yeah it doesn't matter with the big picture and you're clearly doing something right because i've seen so it wasn't that long ago 2019 you got two grammy nominations which is amazing so best rock album best metal performance for your work as the producer on, um, I for album. So trauma just for anyone that's listening. So Mm -hmm. take a listen to that. So, um, that must've been amazing to be nominated for that. Did you, um, how did you take that? Did you go to the Grammys on the night as well?
1: Yeah, it was so cool. Um, I mean, I have very fond memories of, (laughs) I, I remember laying in bed and it was something like four in the morning or five in the morning. And my wife actually woke me up and she was like, Tyler, Oh my God, Tyler. (laughs) just freaking out and she was like you're nominated for a grammy and i i honestly this is all sort of um not no none of us are really looking for this you know what i mean like i I feel like especially the genre of rock that we that this album was which is definitely hard rock and definitely on a it was more of a work of art is for rock music than it was you know what i mean It, it was just a very um dense album for a fan of rock music which we love and we're very proud of it but it's just not I don't know I just didn't expect it and then I'm like slowly kind of opening my eyes like what what are you talking about and then she's like oh my god you're nominated for two and I was like what and I like (laughs) shot up immediately because I just thought I thought I didn't know it's like my brain couldn't even process what she was saying at first and it's because our phones just started kind of going crazy with the announcement and people um, like texting us and stuff. And that, that's what woke me up. And that was just, yeah. I mean, that was amazing. Um, we didn't win obviously. Uh, but it's like, I can't believe it makes my eyes water even thinking about the nomination and how amazing that was. Um, I, I am right now finishing up the follow-up album to that album trauma. And I would say, I mean, it's essentially my life's work up to this point Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, it's very good. (laughs) It's like, it's taken longer than we thought, but I can genuinely say that. Yeah, it's super good. I don't know if the Grammy thing would ever happen again. I'm definitely not counting on it, Uh, but I can say with every amount of certainty that that album changed my life and this album, I believe will do the same, just following it up with even more um, care and, And, you know, we're pushing ourselves even harder than the first time. I think having that success of that album really actually blew the doors open for us and made us more confident to do the things that we had already started doing on that album. But maybe we were a little hesitant. We weren't sure if how it would be received. And then just knowing that it was well received. I mean, this new record is, (laughs) I don't know. It's like, as, as much as it is hard to you know, say, because I'm still in the thick of editing it. It's like, I get euphoric just at the thought of realizing that it's almost done and that that this is going to come out and that it is definitely our best work to date. Um, so yeah, that was a great memory and that, and it continues to, you know, play its part in my life to this
0: day. Mm, That's fantastic to to hear. And, um, it sounds like you're trying something a bit different with this new album then as you said before you Perhaps, were pushing the boundaries yeah. a little bit before you weren't sure it was going to be liked obviously it was so well received so what are you able to tell me about that it's fine if it's um still under wraps because you don't want to give it no away I mean I could
1: say a little bit it's it's kind of a bit of what we've talked about right I mean we hmm. had a meeting before we even began writing uh let alone tracking for this album and talked about all those things more like big picture philosophical like how we could position it and what we think and we all sort of agreed Um, it just feels good because hearing it now, I know that we actually did accomplish what we set out to do. And that's kind of awesome, but it is definitely a genre bender and it is definitely like take trauma and kind of stretch it out a little bit more. The highs are higher and the lows are lower and the rock parts are way rockier. I don't know. It's, (laughs) it's absolutely a massive effort. It is the most songs I've ever done on an album by a very large number. Um, it's just a behemoth, um, body of work, you know, it is just an absolute giant undertaking and that's, what's taking it so long. I mean, it's, it's approaching. Yeah. I don't want to give too much away actually. Maybe I shouldn't say too much on behalf of the band, but it is, uh, it will surpass expectations. I think, you know, I'm I'm pretty confident that the fan of I prevail or anyone who's come to know us or our music or, or my work with them they will absolutely love this (laughs) and I I legitimately cannot wait for them to hear it it's it's at that point
0: okay I'm intrigued I'm intrigued Tyler and I'm sure their fans will be as well but yeah I don't want to get you in uh, trouble saying anything you shouldn't it it sounds like it's very exciting I can hear I can feel the excitement for uh, you it is
1: I'm glad you asked though it's just I don't know it just makes me happy because it has been a long time and the the end wasn't always so clear and there is a period by the way where you have a you're following up a two time Grammy nominated album and you, you know, you open a blank session, you know, that, that period is in the past now, but that, that's a very um, humbling moment, you know, where you're like, all right, let's climb this mountain again. You know, (laughs) it's like, kind of like, you know what you're about to get yourself into when you create a new session, but we've done several of them now and completed several of them. And I guess that's where that, that joy just kind of comes from is like, Man, I would be nervous if we didn't if I didn't feel like we already did it, but I feel like we already did the hard part. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, the blank page, it's terrifying I suppose, isn't it? It is. In any scenario. Wow. But yeah, after being nominated as well, I can only imagine. Um and, and this is cool as well. So I saw in 2020, so Billboard introduced those two new charts for the rock genres. So it's for singles, right? So hot alternative songs and hot, hard rock songs. So you were the first rock producer to claim the number one spot on the first ever hard rock producer's yeah. chart. So that is amazing. And How lucky is that, I right? Know. Just the
1: timing and everything. Like that was legitimately a very good week for me. And then Billboard just happened to launch a chart. And I, I actually, this is silly, but I didn't even know this until way later. I read that I someone sent me that article. Like I think my mom did. Uh, <laughs> like weeks after it, it had already happened. So I actually didn't even realize until, I don't know, yeah, weeks after it had happened that I was the number one and that there was that chart. It was like kind of all news to me. I'm just kind of over here with my head down working all the time. I don't really keep up with like, oh, Billboard launched new charts or, course, yeah. you know, until people told me <laughs> and they were like, hey, you're on. And I, I, she sent it to me and my name was like in the article. And I was like, that's not true. And I was like looking it up and I was like, oh, it is true. Oh my gosh. Like (laughs) I just thought it was someone just saying random stuff. And I was like, no, I would know. I would know if that happened.
0: Yeah. Thanks mom. I'm glad she sent that to you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. Right. She's great. I mean, just, you know, exactly like you'd think. She just uh, likes to try to keep up with me. She's back in Ohio and I'm here in LA. So we're opposite sides of the country. I think for her, it's really fun since I can't I don't know. I don't really get around to posting on social media as much as I'd like. So I think she just kind of tries to keep tabs on me through my, my wife and my friends and stuff like that. Of course,
0: of course. You know, mom stuff. Of course, yeah. (laughs) And um, so you're also, I don't know the time for all this. You're a top line songwriter. So how did you get into that? And is that something that comes easy to you if the beat or the track is already provided?
1: Oh, uh, sorry. I didn't, you know, I have to say just really quick on your last question, really funny but I'm actually have the number one spot right now too on those charts. No <laughs> way. Oh, serious? that's so awesome. Yeah. That's uh, incredible. Yeah. Cause I, you, you said it and I was kind of looking it up. Um, actually, I don't know about the producer chart. I was just looking at the songs chart, but I have the number one hot, hard rock song.
0: And what's that song then? What's that for?
1: Or here I'll send, I can link it to you. It's called zombified. It's by falling in reverse. It's, it's just another good week. I, it's the number one song on rock radio right now. Um, and I just, or wait, what chart is this? Sorry. Oh, so cool. Mainstream rock airplay. Oh,
0: amazing. I love that you just found that out. Good old Google. I mean, yeah,
1: I don't know. I was just, I just did what my mom probably does. <laughs> yeah. I never Googled. Well, but though, come I on,
0: mom. Did. Why didn't mom tell you? What's going on? I know. She's slacking.
1: Mom, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I know you're probably listening to this. I'm just kidding. She probably is though.
0: Hi, Tyler's mom.
1: Hi, hi, mom.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) You're doing well. You're doing well, Tyler's mom. Um, That's awesome. That's cool. I guess you better check it regularly then. You might have missed some.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, that's funny. I don't put out like a ton of stuff, so it's not that hard for me to keep up on. But well, maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah. But super cool. I don't know.
0: No, it really is. Congratulations. (laughs) That's amazing. It must be great to know that all the hard work you're doing is paying off, though.
1: Yeah. Oh, so cool. Um,
0: um what was yeah, I asking anyways, oh yeah the I'm top so liner sorry. stuff yeah. no that's all good um I love that you uh found that out while we're on this interview captured the moment there so, um. <laughs> yeah I
1: was just like no way I'm like looking at it, I'm like <laughs> this <way."> is bizarre
0: <laughs> yeah so how did you get into um top lining
1: stuff top line is cool it's it's kind of like the ultimate choosing to be a songwriter I think it's mm. like the last I would say it's like the hardest line to cross to becoming like a good songwriter for other people is becoming what they call top line, which is kind of like just a fancy word for you are, you are responsible for um, the lyrics and melody on songs, but more specifically top line sort of comes with it. This understanding that you're like, it's also like you're trying to make something deliberately catchy and deliberately on brand for the art. Cause obviously you can say anything or do anything, Mm. but top line is like, Hey, we have this, Like you might get reached out to in the context of, hey, we have this music, but we don't have the hook yet. And we want you to help us come up with the hook or you to help us write the chorus. That's typically top line. It's something that I just sort of started to develop as I wanted to sharpen my skill set. So I came at this all from the lens of being an artist. So I'm touring, I'm being a vocalist in rock bands. I'm being a guitarist in rock bands. I'm meeting lots of rock bands, but I'm primarily playing shows. I'm not so much producing um, as you start to transition that over and when you're home from tour, you're producing artists, you think, how can I up my skills? Like what, what can I do better? And this is what I'm trying to say is this is just me as a kid who really didn't know. I wasn't trying to be a producer. I honestly never actively sat down and decided, all right, I'm going to be a producer and this is how it's going to work. And I'm going to grow my career or something. I was just doing it to facilitate what I love, which is being in a band and making music. So, years go by and you're still in a band and you're still making music, but you're also still producing. And at a certain point, you start to think I should get professional with this or like, how can I get better at this? Or you start to take it a little more seriously. Top line is for me was one of those opportunities to go from just, I'm a guy who just writes rock songs with his friend and their bands. And it's very unofficial and it's very low pressure to being, I am now trying to be professional and you can now hire me for this service. And, I'm trying to really tighten that my ability to write lyrics and melodies for people. Mm. And so that that was just a way of me being able to I guess not only like offer more but actually try to take myself seriously for once too yeah. because that transition was so slow, you know, it was like by the time I turned around I was already doing official, you know, I was being hired by labels to do records but they were just albums that were my friends you know so it just felt so unofficial and i felt like i was just doing what i've always done which is just recording my friends cuz i was i don't know i was good at it and i didn't mind doing it and i yeah it was like years and years like i feel like i was the last person to take myself professionally <laughs> um <laughs> like like i i can just remember little moments where you know i was on tour and we actually had our vehicle broken into and all of our stuff stolen and everything was stolen except for the laptop that I was editing uh, the new Bless the Fall album on actually. And I had no backups of that album, you know, or something like that. And I, I like basically cried tears of joy. The fact that it was still there and my band didn't even care. They were just stoked that my bag wasn't stolen. (laughs) And ultimately every, you know, we had insurance, everything worked out, but it was that feeling that I was so unprofessional in that moment that I, I I was editing the album on tour, you know, trying to be, be a friend and get it done. But I wasn't, taking my craft professionally in that regard, you know, Mm. and I think top line is, is the other side of that. It's not just like the, the, the behind the scenes stuff that you're expected to do, but this is like the, I I am now wanting to put myself in the running for the guy who can write hooks or the guy who can help make the next big thing. Um, And it's like a muscle, you know, I was really good with guitars and drums and music. I was not as good with vocals. I just, I hadn't spent a whole lot of time and just sat down and tried to, take apart what makes a really good catchy vocal and top. just, there's nothing better than just doing it right. And just Mm. doing it and doing it and working it like a muscle. And so I sort of forced myself into it. I wouldn't say that top line is even, I mean, I, I, like, I do think I'm good at it, but it's definitely not my autopilot move. Like I've worked with a lot of writers and vocalists and singers who they are top line writers by, autopilot you know it's like it just oozes out of them and i think that's me with production and i think that's me with music and me with writing the the song the music of the song um the vocals always like i can do it for sure but the only way i know how to do it is just a lot of work you know you just sit there and it's funny cuz the music part just feels so effortless so i try to collab with people who are me but with vocals or me, But with, you know, some other aspects so that we can all do what we do naturally and do what we do best. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times it's just, yeah, me and the artist and we're expected to write that top line. So I'm, it's, I'm really glad that I've developed that muscle and gotten better with it.
0: It sounds like a really interesting side of what you do as well. And that I'm glad here you're able to sort of flex that muscle. It sounds really cool and that you can work Mm -hmm. on all this different stuff. And I'd love to ask you. So this next thing is worlds away from, you know, rock production, danger kids. So you work with, um, Sega on Sonic the Hedgehog, um, as a songwriter, (laughs) lyricist, performer, and a producer. So tell me about that. How did you get into that then?
1: Oh man. So many cool opportunities have just come about organically. And that Mm. is no exception. We, we're on tour in my band, Danger Kids. And I remember we got a Facebook message and I didn't think much of it. And it just said, Hey, would you ever make music for a video game? And we were just like, yeah, of course. And we tried to ask more, you know, what's the game? And they said, Oh, we can't tell you. And we were like, okay, well, you know, just let us know when, (laughs) when you can tell us or whatever. And those kind of things happen a lot. Like if you are in any type of hustle, it's like, you know, that, 95% of things just aren't going to work out and that that's okay. It's nobody's fault. It's just how the cookie crumbles most of the time. Mm -hmm. But in this case, it was like, yeah. And then, I don't know, a week went by and it was like, hey, you still want to do a video game? We were like, yes, (laughs) nothing has changed. And they were like, okay, well, we can't tell you. And then eventually we get like a little bit of info and we end up just Googling the heck out of it because we're just so curious. We're all together because we're on tour. So we're like, what the heck is this thing? Mm. So we Google it and we we get the we get back like names at Sega and we're like, whoa. And then we think, well, let's be realistic. Like this is probably like something for promotional material or you know, but let's just let's just wait. Maybe mm. it'll come into something. You know, as we go down the line, we come to find out that it was not only Sega, but it's like the Sonic games. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, it's probably just like something small. And then they're like, nope, this is like for the actual game. And it turns out like every few years, they'll do a big flagship game where they'll introduce a new character into the universe and stuff. We got to write the theme song for the villain, which was the main character of the new game. So the game was called Sonic Forces and the character's name was infinite. And we got to write his theme song mm. and it ended up just really, really connecting with the fan base. Um, and so we, kept getting invited back essentially uh, by Sega and the people there. The initial offer came about because the music director there at Sega was legitimately just a danger kids fan (laughs) and like loved our stuff and just thought it would be so cool to incorporate and feature us on that song. Mm. And so I ended up sort of producing it and I don't know, we just did our thing, I guess, and tried to turn it into a song. It ended up being in the game and, I don't know that was really weird and then that de- that relationship is just developed from there
0: so oh, i can't so cool. actually say
1: what it is now but i'm working on several songs for them now for a, an upcoming sonic game as well oh. and oh. it is uh it is awesome it is the coolest one yet for sure <laughs> and okay. yeah all these years later i don't know i'm just very lucky and they always invite me back um they always like find little ways to include me and i'm definitely not necessary to the process which kind of makes it even more flattering to me because I feel like they go out of their way just because they like working with me. And I'd like to think I bring something to the table that they like um, or they wouldn't do it. Yeah, of course not.
0: So do they want or did they want um, at the time a more rocky sound? Is that why they came to you? Because they were familiar with um, your work with the band. Is that what they wanted for Mm -hmm. that particular character when it started?
1: It, It was that. And it was also a bit of discovery on my end where I grew up, with video games I played in my whole life and I'm certainly familiar with Sonic, especially as a kid, but as an adult, I don't think I realized until going back and looking at it that all of those Sonic games are, are hard rock. Actually, they're all guitars and they're all kind of shredding and they're all sort of in that wheelhouse. So it wasn't all that big of a step in a different direction to include this. And I think it was really clever on their part, really. And so once I understood that, I tried to, really position the song in a way where it could live in both worlds where it could be a sonic song this familiar but it could also be like wow what the heck is this oh this villain is different like this is a different energy and i do think we did a good job and but but yeah i guess it's just not what you think you know it's like uh i i went back and looked at it and i was like wow this is we kind of are like a perfect fit for this actually like the the next evolution if you will i mean it's all kind of you know, video gamey sounding. And some of it, depending on the game, is very all ages and stuff. Mm. As time has gone on, they've sort of a- adopted this, like, slightly more mature sound. I know the games are still rated for everyone, but they sort of, like, they'll send me notes on that. Like, they'll be like, you know, they don't tell me what to write, but they'll say, like, deliberately stay away from on this game or on this project, like we want you to stay away from like child, childlike lyrics and stuff. We want this Mm -hmm. to be like mature and and serious. And I'm like, okay, even better, you know? And I think as that has adopted, it's only been positive for them and their fan base. I think a surprising amount of their fan base is our people, my age. And I just didn't realize that there is such a energy behind that community initially. Obviously I'm aware of that now, but when we were sort of just asked randomly and brought into it cold, I, I just didn't, you know just like anything you you I I just take each opportunity for what it is I didn't know they were gonna like unveil it at comic-con and like play it in front of like a live audience and stuff and like that like they just sent us an email link and we knew the day that we were able to post about it and they said hey we're announcing it today so you can post like here's the link and we're like the link and we click it just in time to like see them announce the game at comic-con and it was huge it was in front of this huge crowd and they're all like cheering while our song plays and we're just like what the heck like you know it's just all those cool things you don't expect when you just sit when you're a kid and you're like i want to make rock music you know you don't think Maybe I'll do Sonic the Hedgehog or something, you know? Yeah, it's like,
0: exactly. It's and very Sonic. cool. Very yeah, cool. it's iconic. Super that is cool. um, that's what I think of when I saw that you doing work with Sega. In fact, I can't think of anything else other than Sonic. But I'm not right like, that into games. But I, I picture no, it sure. as my childhood. We had a friend of ours had it. We didn't have it. I'm picturing this pixelated. Sonic going across the palm trees and getting the rings. And there was like really satisfying noise, I think, when he gets the rings. Is that right? Is it still like that? Yeah, no, you are so right.
1: You are so right. (laughs) I can hear it in my head as you say it. And it's it's like really um, trying to lift those things up for the community is like a muscle that you don't really get to exercise when you're writing rock songs. I mean, you do because you wanted your fans to like it, but at the same time, you're also being true to your art. This is like a different weight or something. This has like a legacy to it. And Mm. like, there's an expectation that you don't want to disappoint or let people down. And so you take into account the historical significance too. Like you said, like the sound of the rings when you pick it up is something that matters. And there's like clever ways to incorporate that into the music that will increase the experience for the fan, you know? And I think that's the cool creative nuances of the job that people don't necessarily understand or maybe it's just me but i get really into that stuff like i sort of get into the songs i'm working on now i i hope to send by mid of next week and i'm really excited to show that to them because i i want to blow them away too you know Mm -hmm. like i want the team to hear it and go yes this guy gets it he kills it and you know we've done that in the past i think we're gonna do it again um but yeah it's like paying homage to what the, what has already been created before you, you know, that people already love and like finding cool ways to rework in the classic Sonic music, but in a new way, it's like, those are, those projects and those challenges are just very fun for me.
0: Yeah. I Um, can tell it sounds it. And tell me just to put my mind at ease, does it, when the console turns on, does it still go, um, Sega, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, well, the sad thing is Sega
1: doesn't make any consoles anymore. Oh. They, A, a few <laughs> years ago, they sort of stopped making consoles and just became a game developer uh, because they have a lot of IP, right? Like Sonic is worth a lot of money and they have a lot of like games like that. But the games themselves, yes, do still do what you're saying. They have yeah. a little splash screen at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like as much as it's changed, it hasn't really changed at all. You know, it's very cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: awesome. Um, I would love to hear about some of the um, the music production side and like the kit behind the scenes. So um, helping mm-hmm. you do all of this amazing and di- diverse work. So you're a Cubase user, of course. So um, when did you first use Cubase and... When did you first <laughs> start using it? How has it evolved with you? I guess it's had many iterations. Absolutely, it has
1: evolved with me. <laughs> my first recording, the first song I ever made, was on Cubase SX3, okay. and I would even have to Google that to know what year that was. But I'm going to guess like extremely early 2000s or something. Okay, yeah, maybe maybe even 99 or 2000 even. But yeah, Cubase SX3 was my first version of Cubase, and I remember I recorded. a a really terrible rap song with my friends about video games (laughs) and didn't think much at the time. But I remember that I had messed around with Cubase even prior to that. And so I remember one day when we were bored and we decided that was what we want to do. I just knew about Cubase. It was the only, it was just the first thought that came into my head. So like going back to it to do that song, which would be like my first, I guess, song I ever completed uh, was, that was like the only choice really. Cause it was the only software I knew that could do it. But obviously that's developed into like a professional relationship with the software. And <laughs> I, I, there is not a single thing I love more in this world actually than when Cubase releases updates, because my life just gets a little bit easier. And the amount of time I spend doing things like always goes down just a little bit more. And I'm very obsessed with that. You know, I'm obsessed with like Life hacking, especially my job. And so if I can convince myself that, you know, this export will now take 30 seconds less every single time I do it, then it's hard for me to ignore that (laughs) because all I do, I feel like, is sit there and you know work with software and work with the computer. And anything that can get out of the way of the creativity is a huge win. And my it's even hard to put kind of a price tag on that type of thing. And I think Cubase really does that for me. Right now I'm on Cubase 12. And it's got, you know, it's a lot like 11 with a lot of under the hood improvements. And it's just really awesome. It like this, the quicker that I can get back to, yeah, just creating the music instead of fighting with the computer, which I think is like the balance that we're all trying to strike, no matter what our job is. Like, I'm sure part of your job is fighting with your computer when you're trying to, you know, do (laughs) what you have to do.
0: You know, too well.
1: And it's like, I know what that feels like. And I know what it feels like to be writing and then, or like, you know, feel like you something, if you're, you know, in a, I don't know, maybe it crashes and you lose something or you don't, you know, you don't have like, you know, Cubase has all these great features. Like, you know, it's auto-saving all the time. It's, it's recording all the time. Even when I don't press record, it's recording. You know, it's like these little things that just speed up things or uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like, we're all battling our computers to some extent and, I just, I don't know, I've, I'm always checking in with other DAWs here and there, just because I'm like, am I missing something? But the truth is, I have no interest in changing. I just like, I don't know, Cubase does what I want it to do. And it just, again, most importantly, it just, I feel like it really facilitates creativity, like mm. it encourages it. And it gets out of the way, like, you can do things in like clicks, you know, like I can, I can take the whole song and change the key of it in like a couple clicks, just to hear it. And I know that, yeah, if I'm on logic or something, that's like a whole process that I just have to like stop what I'm doing for 5 minutes and like let a bunch of files like render down cuz I don't know, it's just like little things like that. When I just want to move and I just want to be fluid and be able to like slap stuff down and I don't know, Cubase lets me do that and I just I just look forward to the updates. Literally, it always comes out around like the winter time, usually like around like the new year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just always like waiting for it <laughs> because it's genuinely exciting. Like I get that email and I'm like, oh yeah, and I just start reading the features. And I don't know.
0: I <laughs> love that. <laughs> That's a nice way to start the new year as well.
1: I mean, it sounds dorky, but, but to me, it is like <laughs> extremely exciting. I don't know any other way to say it. It's like gets my adrenaline going. I'm like, oh my gosh. I can ex- I can batch export all these files now with side <laughs> chaining baked into them so I don't have to route all the side chaining by hand every time. Like, you know what I mean? That's just like sweet. Another thing. I'm just like, oh yes, awesome. Okay.
0: Come and I on, think they have a, 13. Let's see what you
1: got. Yeah, really. They they are so good though. I mean, they genuinely listen and they have they they're just a good company at having their finger to the pulse of what people are doing with it. And honestly, I have never Um, like I've only personally had to, like, I've only provided feedback here and there, you know, it's like they there's, there's just this whole network of people like me that are constantly telling them like, this is how we used it. And this is what I would like to see implemented. And then, yeah, I mean, it's not that crazy for it to be implemented, you know, on the next release. And so I don't know, it's like, how do you beat that? You know, it's like a company that listens and is constantly developing and changing.
0: Mm, well, that's what you want and you need that to keep up with uh, Absolutely, yeah. everything you're doing and uh, I suppose it's keeping up with you is another way to put it and uh, the type of production work that you're doing <laughs> it's great They're refining it Um Okay, so what shall I ask you next? One final thing I think Um I know you've kind sure. of uh, hinted at some music that you could be coming out this year you know, maybe some Danger Kid stuff depending on when that's out and some uh-huh. um, you know, possibly top secret um Sega work on a <laughs> s- certain game Is there anything yes. else you've got coming up this year that you want All to talk about? that you're looking forward
1: to? I'm so happy about all of it. I feel like I've spent the last year and a half not putting out as much music and just working so that I could answer this question for you. But yeah, I have so <laughs> much stuff. Um, around wintertime will be a new Sonic project that I'm working on currently now um, around the holiday season. That'll be cool. I have this I Prevail album that's following up Trauma, which is our, you know, big... is an album that changed my life. Right. And I... At this point, like I've put so much of myself into it and I can say with a straight face, it's very good I'm very proud. And I just think that any fan of the band or fan, if if I have fans, I don't know, of what I do will love it. It is like the it's just us at our absolute best. Um, I have more songs. I have songs with Falling Reverse coming out. Um, I have that number one song with him right now. The next one is actually I like even more. So I'm like even more excited. (laughs) So, and I, and I love the song that's out now. I'm just like, I don't know. I just have a weird soft spot for the next single. And so, um, and I've always have, and I've always told Ronnie that I'm just like, man, I, I don't know. This one feels special. This one feels special. So it feels good to know that that one is coming out. And I mean, we have a whole EP that is coming out, uh, him and I, so trying to sneak some danger kids songs in there. You never know. There may or may not be I uh, feel pretty optimistic and, um, yeah that's probably all I can share but there's yeah there's always there's always cool stuff
0: well works. that's okay that's more than enough to keep you busy it sounds like <laughs> to the rest of the year uh, until yeah. Cubase 13 comes out obviously early next year or whenever that's coming out so um, well thanks so much for taking the time um, to talk to me today it's been honestly such a pleasure to talk to you and find out all about you know the world of heavy metal and heavy metal production yeah. and all your sonic work and uh, it's just awesome I'm really happy for you um, I can really tell that you genuinely love what you do and that's Always nice to hear.
1: Thanks. Yeah, I do, and and cheers, and thank you for the interview. I I love the opportunity to talk about it to somebody because usually it's just me. So yeah, Hit, uh, reach out anytime. I'd love to reconnect.
0: Okay. Yeah, maybe I'll catch up with you uh, next time some of the projects are out <laughs> and when the new Cubase is are, we can find out what you love about ooh, that one. Follow
1: up. Now we're talking.
0: <laughs> we could do like an unboxing when you get the email. You know, hey, your hey. real life reaction. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I'm open to anything. I'm open to it all.
0: I mean, I'm joking, I think, but you know, you never know. No, of, so course, you. of course, of <laughs> course. Well, um, thanks again, Tyler. Have a wonderful day and um, look forward to seeing, you know, your next projects as they as and when thank they come you. out. So thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Alice. I really do appreciate this interview and anytime you can reach out. I, I love talking about this stuff. So
0: Oh, thank you so much. All right. Wonderful. Well, have a great day and I will speak to you another time. Okay, thanks, YouTube. Okay, bye. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.